0: Journey into Comics. Poor Entertainment. Poor News.
1: Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s.
0: Podcast The Voice of Survival.
1: Kids for Sale. Gallif Radio. Brews
2: with Dudes. Journey into Wrestling. Journey into Comics Network. JourneyintoComics.com. Following, following the following journey into
3: comics journey into comics journey into comics journey into comics
2: network 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 production production
0: what's up this is Tyler from Podcast and you're listening to the best of the week and here we
4: go ladies and gentlemen you're listening to journey into comics
2: thursday was okay Again, carry over from the from the already cleaning. I'm I'm finalizing a lot of the little cleaning things that I've been doing and stuff, and preparing for the weekend. We're gonna go away for a few days. We got a lot of shit to do. So we're hanging out until Sarah and I are hanging out until like one ish, uh, and then we got to go to her parents, uh, well her aunt's house for Thanksgiving. And the Bears are playing, so I'm watching the Bears play the the Lions, and it's they got Chase Daniels up in a back up quarterback because Mitch Trubisky's hurt. And I'm watching this game, and it's a tight game, but you know Chase Daniels is making a lot of smart play calls. He's not throwing the ball away, no interceptions. You know, a couple rough passes, timing issues, and stuff. But you're gonna have that, whatever. Consummate professional, he plays the game smart, and they and you know. It goes very well. Uh, ultimately, we have to leave before the game is over. So I'm like in the car. I've got the game on because if you've got AT&T phone, DirecTV is on your fucking phone and it doesn't use data. So you can just like stream TV wherever you go. It's actually really convenient because I can just stream the game listening to it while I'm driving. And I could kind of like peek down when I was at like stoplights or whatever. So we drive out to her aunt's house, Sarah's aunt's house, we have a nice thanksgiving thing getting ready to go on i sit down and her dad's sitting there and i just look at him and i look at the score and it's 16-16 close game and i just go man chicago like and detroit just gets the ball back and i go man chicago's defense really needs to step up and 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 have a fucking big ass play right now like something has to happen as soon as i said that there was an interception for a touchdown proving to me once again that I am the master of the universe because I said that it should happen and thy will be done. So it was really cool to see that the Chicago Bears had that interception that sealed the deal. They got that big win. Congrats to Chase Daniels, congrats to Khalil Mack and that defense, Vic Vanchio, the defensive coordinator, obviously, and you've got uh, Matt Nagy as an amazing head coach. Those guys are, it's just it seems like things are going really smooth there. Hopefully they continue that streak going on a little wood knock in there. So Let's continue on here. Uh, get to get to finally get to the dinner part of Thanksgiving. Jam the feast, uh, part one, and I'm like, okay, not feeling right. I think I overate. Mixture of overeating, mixture of a little bit of nerves because seeing family on Thanksgiving sometimes, you know, y'all know how it be. Uh, so I'm just like, okay. I think I have a migraine. Great. Okay, cool. So if I'm tracking it at this point, I was like, uh, I don't know. It was like, I want to say, uh, that was my sixth day in a row of a migraine. Yeah, it was my, at that point I was at day six of having a migraine and it kind of carried over Some like it was like, some days I would wake up and think it was completely gone and it would come back really strong. And then other days it was, as soon as I woke up, I knew I had a migraine, dealing with it all day. Got to fucking kind of like micromanage my pain all day, which is really slows my day down and slows my process of being a human down. So, like, get to Thursday, a little bit of a food thing going on, and I get a little bit of a headache. Take some leave because I'm just like, okay, a little bit of a leave could probably kick this out. It's not really doing it. So we leave Sarah's aunt's house and we drive down to Lowell to go to V's house. We get there. There's some family. We're chit-chatting. We're hugging. We're talking. Blah, blah, blah. It's nice. It's a great time. It's always fun to see both Veronica and Sarah's families collectively, you know, and just catch up and talk and whatnot uh, and, and spend the, the holidays, you know. So we collect V, the three of us, fucking pack into the car, and here we are traveling again. So I've traveled from... Uh, my place to Sarah's aunt's place. It's a 35 minute drive. From Sarah's aunt's place to V's place, that's a 40 minute drive. Then from V's place with the three of us down to Hoopston, that's an hour and a half drive. We get in at almost like nine, I think, or something like that. And uh, it was ex- it was nice. It was kind of exhausting though because we had to get right into business and do a podcast which you guys can listen to. It was just a couple days ago, Gallifradio, episode eight. I don't remember, Oh, it's turkey timey-wimey was the last episode. Another quick drink break brought to you by Poor News. Tomorrow, folks, Poor News probably going to have some big stuff. Hopefully, some late-breaking news comes out today. They can assist AP to have some really cool stories and interesting stuff. I still think I'd love to hear him do a section where he does the news but more of a um, weekend update kind of thing. Like, here's the headline, and here's the punchline to that crazy headline. Maybe I'll do that. Fuck it. I don't know. So we got to Hupston, and then we recorded that podcast, and then when that got done, I uploaded the podcast. We went downstairs, hung out with Dad for a few hours, watched Incredibles, called it a night, uh get up the next day. I got up super early, got ready and started working on my Thanksgiving feast, because we were doing Thanksgiving at my dad's house on Friday instead of on uh Thursday because we got in a little bit late. So we kind of got all the things together and oh through the course of the day, kinda hung out, watched some stuff, dorked around and whatnot. It was really a nice, kinda like relaxing kind of day. Uh And then we, oh, we watched The Perfect Bid with Dad. That was an awesome documentary. Again, that's a Price is Right documentary. If you haven't heard me talk about it, do check that out. It is on Hulu, something that you can watch on Hulu. Just search Perfect Bid. It's about The Price is Right and this guy that got an exact bid in the showcase showdown. And there's some controversy and there's a whole other story that's like, the, the story, It's weird because that's one of those documentaries where the story evolves. Like As you're watching, you're like, wow, this couldn't get any more strange. This is an amazing story. And as soon as you're thinking it's an amazing story, there's like three more twists that happen that make you go, whoa, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that next thing, and I definitely wasn't expecting the thing after that. That's crazy as fuck. Holy shiitake mushrooms. So... Doing that, cooking Thanksgiving, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We finally get to eat, and then we have to pack up, get our shit together, and head back home. So it's another drive, hour and a half to Lowell, V's gotta work, we're almost to Lowell, her boss texts, you don't have to work, you have the night off. Uh, So okay, we're gonna just head all the way back up to Hammond, we'll do our thing, we'll chill out. We did... And uh I had some podcasts, kinda of breezing around, not doing a whole lot of much, you know, just kinda of hanging out. Uh and then that's kinda of when things started to finally slow down, and then here we are, it's it's Sunday and things are fully slow because yesterday we still had to go down to Lowell, get V, uh, get some stuff together and get a, like a Christmas ham or Christmas fucking Thanksgiving ham that was left over that no one ate and actually bring it here so we could eat it. It was really good. Uh, so we do all that. It was, it was a really fun time. It's just a lot of driving. I feel like Thanksgiving is a lot of driving. Also, folks, by the way, I just want you guys to know, if you hear a bunch of crazy noises and shit during this podcast, I like I said, I'm recording this at 2 in the morning. It's 2.30 right now as I'm talking. And there's a blizzard about to hit the fuck out of us right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know up in the Chicagoland area right now, as it happens, there's a humongous storm front moving in. That's going to be dropping massive amounts of snow. We got two to four to four to six inches in some areas, some areas getting 10 to 12 inches of snow and beyond. Uh, and then with lake effect snow, you don't really know what you're getting. Sometimes that can triple and quadruple your amounts, which, uh, is not going to be fun for me tomorrow when I have to scoop this fucking snow uh, or take care of my outdoor cats. Have I mentioned that on the podcast I did I take care of my outdoor cats? I have a bunch of outdoor cats and I named a lot of them after the X Men. I think I've talked about that. Like, um, it's weird though because some of them I haven't seen since it got really cold out, which makes me sad. But some of them have been using utilizing my kitty cat shack uh, that I made for them because. I am a huge animal lover, so I turned my outdoor shed into an actual safe shack with a heat lamp and all this shit so that these cats could be well taken care of uh, through this treacherous winter we're supposed to be having. And I feed them every day and shit, you know. But uh, I've got the mama cat, Rorschach. She's beautiful. Uh, She's got a little baby named Kitty Pride. Uh, I think her baby daddy is Storm, or is Beast. Beast is a long-haired, beautiful cat, white, blue eyes, gorgeous, terrified as fuck of me. He hates, he runs like shit. Rorschach, if I go to go in the shed, she'll just like, oh shit, man, you're in here. I'm gonna fucking go hide in this corner for a minute while you feed me, and then I'll just hang out when you're done. And then, when you leave, I'll fucking eat. And that's usually what she does. So, so... Um. Uh, so it's like I just I guess I care for animals and it's this crazy blizzard so tomorrow I'm going to have a lot of shit to do it's going to be fun uh, but anyways you guys know what I've been doing for the holidays I talk about it it's just like like I said man holidays can wear you out because you got to be driving around and seeing people and it's like I didn't even get to see all the people I wanted to see and uh, there's uh, just not enough time really and it's fucking bummer it really is a fucking bummer but let's talk about some other shit i got a whole bunch of articles and shit pulled up conversations i want to talk about i do have an interesting thanos theory that i want to discuss But before we get into that let's get into a little bit of star wars we'll ease our way over to some dc and how about we close out with some Well, we'll close out with a bunch of different stuff. So we're just going to kind of run the gauntlet here, folks, as former U.K. Foreign Secretary claims George Lucas plans to shoot Star Wars spinoff Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Um, Today, Boris Johnson got up to give his speech at the DUP annual conference in Belfast. He probably didn't expect to send the Star Wars fandom into a frenzy with one simple comment. With the intention of boasting the accolades of the UK, Johnson mentioned the upcoming Obi Wan Kenobi film that is supposedly in the works by Lucasfilms, according to The Spectator. Johnson claimed that the UK had by far the most dynamic creative culture and media industries. He went on to ask the question Which was the biggest grossing movie last year? Star Wars. And where does George Lucas propose to make a follow up about Obi Wan Kenobi? Northern Ireland. George Lucas' name drop is what's getting all the buzz, especially because he has not directed a film since Revenge of the Sith in 2005. However, there is a good chance that the former mayor of London and foreign secretary was just using George Lucas' name as a generalization, not knowing, you know, like, Lucas. oh, George Lucas is doing it, meaning Lucas Films is doing it. Uh, Lucas is, of course, the main person associated with the franchise and the British political uh the british politician could have just been referring to lucas films however that doesn't mean we can't hope the director plans to helm another movie in the famous franchise another point against this claim is Stephen Daltry, best known for directing billy elliott the hours and the reader he's already listed as the film's director on imdb however if solo taught us anything it's that directors in the franchise can in fact be replaced interesting man it would be cool to see if we do get an obi-wan movie i think uh it's long overdue i feel like there has been several conversations had on this network about like if i could put any if i would have had a choice of movies there's a long. i think nick Maxon says this best that there's a long list of characters he would have done well before he would have done a solo movie and, and obi-wan is one of them Maybe this is their chance to write the proverbial wrong that was Solo, in their Solo Star Wars so- stories and their side quest stories with Ben Kenobi and telling a story that's like really really genuine into the heart of that character. Speaking of to the heart of characters, Oscar Isaac saying that Episode Nine is going to deal with Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia in a beautiful way. Uh, here's a quote from Oscar Isaacs who plays Poe Dameron. He was speaking to the Daily Beast, and he says uh, the story deals with that quite a bit, Uh, talking about Carrie Fisher's passing. It's a strange thing to be on the set and to be speaking of Leia and having Carrie not be around. There's definitely some pain in that. He goes on to say that despite losing Fisher, there's still a very fun, loving, joyous vibe on the set as the cast and crew realize they're about to cross the finish line. There's a looseness and an energy to the way that we're shooting, this that feels very different. It's been really fun being back with JJ with all of us working in a really close way. I just feel like there's an element of almost um, senioritis, you know, since everything just feels way looser and people aren't taking it quite seriously, was just still just having a lot of fun. I think that the energy is going to translate to a really great movie. Before changing the subject, he made sure to reiterate once more that Fisher's presence will be felt throughout the entire movie. It deals with the amazing character that Carrie created in a really beautiful way. Man, uh, it's going to be hard to see what they do with, uh, you know, with, with with Princess Leia. We interrupt the Journey into Comics Network feed for this late-breaking edition of Four News, featuring.
5: Your and staying within the, kind of the business realm is some kind of unfortunate news, and that is that GM, big auto manufacturer, is to idle plants and cut thousands of jobs as sales slow. General Motors announced money that it planned to idle five factories in North America and cut roughly 14,000 jobs in a bid to trim costs. It was a jarring reflection of the auto industry's adjustments to changing consumer taste and sluggish sales. This move, which follows job reductions by Ford Motor Company, further pairs the workforce in a sector that President Trump has promised to bolster. Referring to GM's chief executive, Mary T. Barra, he told reporters, I spoke to her, and I stressed the fact that I'm not happy with what she did. Mr. Trump also invoked the rescue of GM after its bankruptcy filings, almost a decade ago. You know the United States saved General Motors, he told reporters, and for her to take that company out of Ohio is not good. I think she's going to put something back in soon. In addition to an assembly plant in Lordstone, Ohio, that cuts affected factories in Michigan, Maryland, and the Canadian province of Ontario. Part of the retrenchment is in response to a slowdown in new car sales that has prompted automakers to slim their operations and shed jobs. And earlier, bets on smaller cars have had to be unwound as consumers have gravitated towards pickup trucks and sports utility vehicles in response to low gasoline prices. In addition, automakers have paid a price for the trade battle that Mr. Trump set in motion. In June, GM slashed its profit outlook for the year because tariffs were driving up production costs, raising prices even on domestic steel. Rising interest rates are also generating headwinds. Ms. Barr said no single factors prompted GM's cutbacks, portraying them as a prudent trimming of sales. We're taking these actions now while the company and the economy are strong to stay in front of the... <sighs> Sorry, Kat decided to hop on the computer. To stay in front of a fast-changing market, she said on a conference call with analysts. The of the five plants next year result in the layoffs of 3,300 production workers in the United States and about 2,500 in Canada. The company also aims to trim its salaried staff by 8,000. The cuts represent more than 10% of GM's North American workforce of 124,000 people. Investors welcome the news, sending GM shares up 4.8% to their highest closing price in about three months. Word of the cutbacks in Canada has surfaced over the weekend. Just before GM's announcement, workers walked out of the plant in Oshawa, Ontario, into a driving rain, waving red flags and clad in ponchos bearing the logo of their union. Unifor. They began blockading truck entrances. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he expressed his deep disappointment about the closing to Mispara. The United Auto Workers, representing workers at the American plant, said GM's move will not go unchallenged. Closing up plants while expanding production in China and Mexico is profoundly damaging to our American workforce, said the union vice president in charge of negotiations with GM Terry Dietz. D-I-T-T-E-S. The plants include three car factories, one in Lordstown that makes the Chevrolet Cruze Compact, the Detroit Hamtrak plant where the Chevrolet Volt, Buick LaCrosse, and Cadillac CT6 are produced, and a plant in Oshawa, Ontario, which primarily makes the Chevrolet Impala. In addition, the company will halt operations at its transmission plants in the Baltimore area and in Warren, Michigan. <clears throat> GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler are all poised to negotiate new labor contracts next year. Some of the affected GM plants could resume production depending on the outcome of the bargaining. Car makers often agree to keep plants open in exchange for other concessions from the union. Earlier this year, Ford announced it would stop making sedans for the North American market and announced cuts in its workforce. Fiat Chrysler stopped making small and mid-sized cars in 2016. Closing auto plants outright rather than idling them as GM says it plans was in rare since the industry emerged from the recession. The last permanent shutdown of a plant in the United States came in 2016 when Mitsubishi Motors shuttered one in Normal, Illinois. I actually knew where that one was because I went to school in Peoria, which isn't that far from normal. Before that, fours closed a truck plant in St. Paul in 2011. More typically since rebounding from the recession, car makers and their suppliers have restarted shuttered plants, adding new ones across the South and hiring tens of thousands of workers a year. But demand for small-size and mid-size cars have plunged. Two-thirds of all new vehicles sold last year were trucks and SUVs. That shift has hit GM's Lordstown plant hard. Just a few years ago, the factory employed three shifts of workers to churn out Chevy Cruises. Now it's down to one. In 2017, the plant made about 180,000 cars, down from 248 in 2013. More broadly, the year-long boom in cars and truck sales in North America appeared to be ending, said John Huffecker. uh, Vice Chairman at Alex Partners, a global consulting firm with a large automotive practice, This have held up well this year, but we do see a downturn coming, he said. Alex Partners forecasts that domestic auto sales will fall to about 50 million cars and light trucks in 2020 from about 17 million this year. Even though they are facing a potential slump, car makers continue to spend heavily to develop electric vehicles and self-driving technology, both to meet regulatory mandates and to anticipate the future of driving. That shift is expected to remake the global industry and enable companies to enter new and potentially lucrative businesses such as driverless taxi and delivery services. At the same time, automakers have had to contend with a new political agenda in Washington. One benefit of co- the corporate tax cuts enacted last year. The changes championed by Tr- Mr. Trump and his party saves GM $157 million in federal taxes in the first nine months of the year, according to the company's most recent quarterly earnings report. Trump's administration has moved to scrap stri- stringent emissions requirements put in place under pre- President Barack Obama. The industry hopes that Mr. Trump will relent and reach an agreement with California, which has its own emissions requirements. Automakers are wary of having two sets of standards. Before the election, after Mr. Trump prodded Ford GM and other plants to build the United States instead of Mexico or China, as events have played out, however, his determination to rework the North America Free Trade Agreement is expected to have a modest impact on automakers, preserving much of the original 1994 accord. The terms negotiated with Canada and Mexico stipulate that at least 75% of an automobile's value must be produced in North America for a company to import into the United States duty free and that 40-45% of a vehicle's value must consist of parts made by workers earning at least $16 an hour, a provision aimed at shrinking Mexico's wage advantage. Analysis believe that changes will have little to no effect on American jobs. Overall, the American auto industry has added nearly 350,000 jobs since the industry bottomed out in the wake of the recession. But the industry still employs tens of thousands fewer people than before the crisis and hundreds of thousands fewer than in 2000. About 970,000 people worked in the United States auto industry in October, an increase of twelve thousand eight hundred since Mr. Trump took office. Most of that growth, however, came among auto manufacturers. Came came among manufacturers of recreational vehicles and trailers, as well as in auto parts. Through October automakers like GM had cut about seven thousand jobs under Mr. Trump's government. Figures show those numbers don't include the hundreds of thousands of workers employed by auto dealers, repair shops, and related industries. Miss Barr said GM would set aside up to $2 billion in cash to pay for the job reductions announced Monday and take non-cash charges against its pre-tax earnings of about $1.8 billion. The charges will affect earnings in the fourth quarter of 2018 and the first quarter of 2019. Until last month, GM had been offering severance packages to entice salaried employees in North America to leave the company. In January, the company plans to cut. Additional white-collar jobs on an involuntary basis. Between the two actions, it aims to eliminate about 15% of its salaried jobs in North America. General Mosul mm-hmm. also said on Monday that it would stop production at two unspecified plants outside North America by the end of next year. So that's just lovely, and I know I have some friends in the auto industry, specifically if anyone listens to anything else on the network, uh, that Subaru plant in Indiana, so hopefully this isn't a trend we're seeing, and uh, the auto industry kind of Resumes a lot of their operations on the U.S. soil. So, and keeping it in the kind of the Trumposphere moving, uh, which is more fun, and that involves Trump and new tariffs. Trump dims hopes of China trade deal with fresh tariff threats on Apple phones. President Donald Trump appears to be shutting the door on a temporary ceasefire in an ongoing tit for tat trade war with China just days ahead of an upcoming summit in Argentina. The president told the Wall Street Journal interview published Monday that it was highly unlikely he would accept an offer by Chinese leader. Xi Jinping, aimed at adverting Trump's plan to raise tariffs on more than $200 billion of Chinese goods to 25% in January. He also warned once again he was poised to slap a third round of tariffs on Chinese goods if the two leaders f- fail to broker an end of the trade rift when they meet later this week in Buenos Aires, Argentina on the sidelines of the G20 summit. We don't make a deal that I'm going to put the $267 billion additional on, said Trump in an interview, adding that the tariff level could be 10 or 25%. Just of you that that could include tariffs on Apple products imported from China, including iPhones and laptops. Apple stock fell 1.5% in an hour after hours trading, erasing earlier gains from the day. Maybe, maybe, depends on what the rate is, the president said. I mean, I could make it 10% and people could stand that very easily. The tariffs have drawn complaints from American businesses who are responsible for paying the import duties. It also spurred concerns about renewed inflation, just as the Federal Reserve is set to raise interest rates in December. More than 100 S&B companies have already preemptively telegraphed during the third quarter earnings calls that damage further tariffs would impose on the U.S. economy. Multiple companies, including Walmart, the country's biggest retailer, have warned that prices on everyday goods like shampoo detergents and paper goods, such as napkins, will get more expensive for consumers. In the lead-up to this Wednesday's leaders meeting, Trump's surrogates have continuously warned Beijing negotiators that threats by the president should be taken seriously. Vice President Mike Pence said earlier this month that Trump wasn't in any rush to end the trade war and was willing to... More than double the tariffs it already had placed on $250 billion in Chinese goods. The United States will not change course until China changes its ways, Pence said in a speech at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in Papua New Guinea. The upcoming meeting is the only imminent opportunity for a direct encounter between Trump and Xi before January 1 deadline, and investors are eagerly looking for signs for a truce between the two sides. Speaking of the South London reporters, Trump hedged bets on any possible deal-making with his Chinese counterpart. It could happen. They have to treat us fairly, he said. While so far much of the attention on the undue harm of the existing tariffs has fallen on China, political scientists and economists also warn there could be deeper ramifications for America's corporations if the Chinese opts to restrict American investment. Red meat, we crave
3: sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my hand.
2: Are we on Bruce with dudes now yeah,
5: jack g- 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 d-
2: i'm a dude <sighs> sorry shout out to nick Max and Bruce with dudes we love you um
1: juicy oh
2: you did it too you got it right ooh, there on the spot she did it she did it. the thing yeah, whatever. Oh. she done did it okay so g- let's jump back into it and talk more about our thanksgiving feastage you prepped a lot of Thanksgiving. I only prepped a little Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, you made your turkey, which was delicious. Should I break oh, yeah. that down? How, yeah, go ahead. Talk happens? about your turkey. It was very good okay. and worth talking about.
2: First of all, let me just mention that to make this turkey magical, there is like a like almost a uh there's almost like a timer. You have to wake up at the butt crack of dawn. I'm talking get up early. You gotta be up early because you wanna get your bird in the oven as early as you can, okay? What you want to do is you want to take your turkey. Out. I had to run to the store before this, so it was. It took me a little bit longer. I was going to say you store. didn't get
1: that turkey in the oven until the butt crack of nine. Right. You're <laughs> right. It was the butt crack of nine. It was like the back dimples I remember, at dawn. I you know? was making motherfucking sides. <laughs>
2: it was the back dimples of dawn. You know, we were like getting there, but uh, so, <laughs> anyways, I had to make the run to the store to get all the things I needed essentially I use peppers and onions a few seasonings butter and that's it that's all you need for the turkey What kind of seasonings did you nothing use? else salt pepper and garlic salt that's it
1: didn't you put rosemary in for my request oh
2: well that is a seasoning that was actually like a fresh seasoning yeah like that I An just herb put, that you put a, a the fresh whole herb in. that I put the whole spring in the in the in the bird right up the butt right in the butt <laughs> right in the butt area <laughs> in the butt region in the booty area of the Anyways, so um, what I do is you cut up your onion however the hell you want it. I suggest it to be a little bit smaller. You can move the onion around then and get the flavor kind of everywhere within the turkey. Same thing with your peppers. I use small sweet peppers. Cut them up, and then you can, again, move them how you want it. Uh, You're going to put a full stick of butter in the middle of the bird up the butt, and you want a full stick of butter in the bird, in the butt. And then you're going to take another stick of butter, and you're going to cut it in half and put each half under each wing of this bird, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to take one more stick of butter, melt it in the oven, <laughs> and slather the outside of the bird fully with butter, okay?
1: Excuse me one second. This is reminding me of this cookbook my family bought me some a couple years ago, and it was called Fifty Shades of Chicken. And <laughs> it was a very pornographic cookbook um, about different chicken recipes and talking about, like, dressing up the chicken and like this was just starting to sound a little bit like one of those recipes and it was making me laugh (laughs) i'm about to bring it on because
2: gets even dirtier so So much butter you slather that butter on that bird and you just you want that bird juicing all over the birds Uh, just filled with buttery goodness right and then you want you want to do is once that's done that's when you want to put all your amazing seasonings on you want to get your salt your pepper and your garlic salt you want to shake the fuck out of them in your bag by the way mention Use a, a slow cooker oven bag, like for the turkey, a turkey bag. Oh, yeah.
1: Always. My mom it always is, says when she makes her turkey, she always puts it in an oven bag.
2: It is the greatest secret because it does science for you. Mm-hmm. It makes things easier. And then what you get, and you're, we're going to talk about this in a second. So also, 450 degrees on your oven. That's very important. Bam, 450. Mm-hmm. Let that shit get hot. Once that shit's hot and your bird is ready, you've got your onion, your pepper, your rosemary in the butt as well as the butter and all the butter everywhere, the butter and all your seasonings. Mm-hmm. Tie, tie the bird up nice and tight, put it in, in the bag in, in the bag then you want to put it in the baking dish which you probably should have done this in the baking dish first of all whatever your roasting pan is. Yeah, maybe you need I to work that. on how
1: you deliver recipes. <laughs> you I didn't Think about what your very first step is and then every step after that. I was just
2: excited, okay? I just, got you. I got I you. I didn't think to mention that you put it in the roasting pan first, but you do put well, you Most do.
1: people know that when they're making a turkey. You,
2: yeah, yeah, use your fucking logic and reasoning. You would think. So anyways, um The secret to the bag is that while it's cooking, it's also creating this double heat dome that's just regurgitating everything. But it's also holding in all those juices Mm -hmm. that for me is the secret. Because what you're going to do is you're going to let that bird on 450 cook for three hours. Four hours if you're really feeling froggy. If we went four hours, V, what probably would have happened? Full Bone annihilation. There would have been no meat on any part of the bone.
1: Yeah, that bone was, the meat was falling off was the bone. It was super when we close. It was super,
2: one of the it was legs, perfect. Were, literally yeah, one it of was the turkey good. legs, the bone came out clean, mm-hmm. completely untethered. Yeah, to I went any to meat. like cut
1: yeah. it and it just like came off. I was yeah. Like, oh shit, all the meat's just there. Oh, oh, it was so good. And then, you know, you, it was good. It had that light infusion of the peppers. It had some good oniony flavor to it. It was really tender and juicy. It was a perfect turkey. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I love cooking Thanksgiving. It is, like I've said several times, it's like sport for me.
1: Yeah, Thanksgiving is our fucking jam. Mm -hmm, Like, this is where we excel. If we excel at anything, it's at cooking and eating Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: definitely
1: I mean we had everything that uh, you could possibly oh, want yeah. we had incredible stuffing my mom made two different kinds of stuffing
2: which she, one do you want okay there's like a basic stuffing yeah
1: she it's yeah. not basic it's a good stuff it's a good stuff but I'm, it's, it's just got, like, like three different kinds of bread in it but yeah she's she made a, a regular stuffing and then she makes a white castle stuffing where she takes the white castle sliders and chops them all up and that's the basis for the stuffing and that's always pretty good but I'm not a huge like fan of ground beef, so I have a, mm-hmm. an issue eating a lot of that. And I want like the regular stuffing mixed with it, so that's kind of what I've mm-hmm. been doing. <laughs> and then we, yeah. Were you
2: gonna say something, Sarah? No, I was actually gonna bring this up on Sarah's behalf. It was interesting and kind of inceptiony when we're at her aunt's house for Thanksgiving and people are talking, and someone's like, "I think it was your mom." I was like, "Oh my God, they have this." white castle stuffing and i mm, so badly mm-hmm. want to try it. It's, i bet it's so good blah. she's just going on and on and i'm just like it is absolutely delectable my mom makes it and every jose year that makes <laughs> it every year and shout out to you jose because it is delicious the bomb.com i don't like stuffing i like her stuffing just saying
1: it bothers me that you don't like stuffing Sorry. because i love stuffing Sorry. <laughs>
2: i don't mean to be that guy but i'm gonna be, I'm gonna that, be guy. that guy not a fan of stuffing uh, okay, so we had the stuffing from your mom. The sweet potato casserole was okay.
1: It needed more brown sugar,
2: uh, and yeah, marshmallows.
1: It didn't have any brown sugar or marshmallows on it. Yeah, it was strange. Like it wasn't that. very sweet. No, it was full a of cinnamon. Savory casserole. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. but it, it it looked like it was gonna be sweet because it had all the pecans. Right, in it. it was misleading. Yeah. But then
2: you jump back to the other Thanksgiving we attended, and Calvin's fucking ma- uh, uh, sweet potatoes were insane. Ooh, I'm yeah, sitting they were there. good. And they're melting in my mouth. And as they're melting, I'm tasting every bit of seasoning and flavor. And it's all intentional. And it's doing exactly like he is chef on perfection level. Like, I really want to give him some props on that. Because I'm sitting there like, oh, damn, just a hint of nutmeg, huh? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, wait one second. Use just a little bit more cinnamon. He's like, yeah, it's my little secret ingredient, a little bit of cinnamon. I'm like, okay. But your base is brown sugar. And he's like, no one ever gets that. And I was like, well. I, do. I guess
1: I'm the best in the world.
2: I guess I'm the best in the world. He's like, you have a really honed palate. I was like, kind of. I'm just at the heart of me. I'm a foodie. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. you know. And, I, and when something's good, you can easily pick out what's going on in a good non-convoluted dish. It shouldn't confuse the tongue ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were good sweet potatoes as opposed to the very basic sweet potatoes. Um, I really still want to go out on a limb and do my plan for the sweet potatoes and mm-hmm. do uh, sweet potato fries with a marshmallow drizzle.
1: That would be delicious. Yeah. I, I would I, also I, like you to somehow create some kind of delicious mustard sauce as well uh-huh. for dipping.
2: Okay. I'm into all those things. Because I don't
1: think I'd want a drizzle. I think I'd want like a dip so I could have sweet and savory. Okay. Mm. Okay. Because you can do sweet potatoes so many different ways. Okay. You know what? We were just at Strax and sweet potatoes were on sale for like 39 cents a pound. <gasps> hmm So, yeah, you should probably get on top of that and make us some sweet potato fries.
2: I'm into that. I'll have to get on that ASAP. Yeah. Uh, Other things we had. Uh, You should talk about your recipe. I talked about the turkey, but your star-studded recipe. My
1: corn casserole. Fuck yeah. (laughs) That's
2: amazing.
1: Okay, well, I've been making this cornbread casserole for years and it because of like Pinterest and Etsy or not Etsy, but like Pinterest and uh Facebook and all of that stuff. This recipe has become very popular and like everybody knows it and has it and loves it. So, my take on it is my favorite version of it, and it's super easy to make. And I made so many of them this Thanksgiving season. I made like Eight pans of it for the restaurant I worked at. I made one for you guys. I made one for my family. I made I mean I made a lot of them this season. And I had like four people text me and say, Hey, you're the one who makes the corn casserole, right? At Thanksgiving. What's the recipe?
2: And like, okay, I've already got it copied and pasted from another yeah. person that I asked. Here you go.
3: Yeah, it, yeah. it has become your calling card.
1: Well, it's pretty good. My secret it's like not really a secret, but what I do is it's You know, a can of cream of or a can of a whole kernel corn, a can of creamed corn, uh, like a cup of sour cream, a fuck ton of triple cheddar cheese or like a mac and cheese blend of cheese.
2: Good to have multiple cheese. I like
1: lots of different kinds of cheeses in it and um, butter melted butter and then the Jiffy corn muffin mix. And I don't like any of the other kind of corn muffin mix. I like the Jiffy kind. And it's super cheap. They're like 47 cents at Aldi's. And then you just mix all of that together and t- put it in a, a greased casserole pan and cover it with some more cheese. And then bake it in the oven at like 350 for like 50 minutes. and uh, Or until it's you know golden brown on top or however done you want it the The longer you leave it in, the more like solidified it will get. Like it's going like to become bread. spongy.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and or well, porous.
1: It'll be like cakey. Thank you. And the the lesser amount of time you leave it in, it'll be more soupy. So, mm. I recommend fifty minutes. To so an you
2: hour. you can almost turn your corn casserole into like a corn casserole pudding.
1: You could you could leave it as a pudding, or you could overcook it and make it into like bread, you know like serve it with chili.
2: Oh, that's actually an interesting concept.
1: Yeah, so that's my recipe. It's a winner. Hope you like it. I I love it. It's amazing. (laughs) Let me know if anybody makes it out Uh, there and if you like it.
2: So now we're going to get down to the real question of question of questions. Mm -hmm. Do you have also a recipe, Sarah, that you wanted?
1: You know what? Ooh, she makes that dope banana bread.
2: The dope banana bread. But do you know what you did not get to make this year that we only slightly had one of that I'm so sad we did not have any of?
3: Oh, yeah, the deviled eggs. Yep. We're low, Ooh, on, low yeah. on deviled eggs this I year. I love
1: deviled eggs. We yeah, make
3: the best ones. Yeah, yeah, deviled egg game is strong. but And we care enough to pipe it. Yeah. piping bags that make it look pretty (laughs) it's true consistency is key about deviled eggs Mm -hmm. and uh depth of flavor as well not uh, not texture everybody gets it wrong when they start adding a bunch of like textury stuff in there right like Like,
1: like some people like relish in that relish and and,
3: like or like onions or or scallions or something like that no leave it alone like (laughs) use your seasonings and
1: like, I like celery salt and Worcestershire sauce in mine.
3: Yeah, it's super good that way. Mm-hmm. Brown mustard and a little bit of yellow mustard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yellow mustard. A little bit of mayo. At. Yeah, you just you gotta go. There's no good recipe. Right, and you the salt to just pepper do to it. and pepper taste. Yeah, you it keep that day. You keep doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that until you get it right. That's <sighs> how you gotta do it.
1: But I remember one year I made deviled eggs for Easter, and I soaked them um, in food coloring. Like the whites Mm -hmm. and food coloring. And when I took them out, they looked so beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they look really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. And then I felt gross for using like artificial flavor coloring Uh, and blah, blah, blah. But whatever, they still looked beautiful and tasted
3: good no GMOs whatever yeah I'm sorry I do like making banana bread as well though that's bring that so. on that
2: I you don't did.
1: like banana bread but I really like your banana bread thanks and it doesn't have nuts in it and that's no. what I really enjoy that's the about secret it. to why yours is so good it by was the way. so like pound cakey but like not yeah. dense like that it was like perfectly fluffy <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah
3: I've been working a while on the banana bread yeah but you just have to, with banana bread, it's all about when you're creaming together the butter and the sugar. Like, you don't you don't want to melt the butter. Because as soon as you melt the butter, then, like, it doesn't cream together the right way, and then it doesn't do it right. So when you add the bananas in, it kind of, like, gets this weird separated thing going on mm-hmm. uh, before you add the dry ingredients. Because, you know, it's kind of like making cookies, you know. You do the wet stuff first, and then you add the flour to it, and use a mixer and all that. Mm -hmm. just different consistency than cookie batter you know you're not making banana cookie although that might be good banana cookies oh damn yeah i haven't thought about that but yeah i have the recipe written out um but i don't i don't feel like getting it yeah Yeah, i don't want to read a recipe how about that (laughs) yeah but yeah, I made that just. Man, on the I'm fly. really craving some
1: pie now that yeah. we're talking about all these desserts.
3: Oh, and the bananas are also key. You have to, you can't use fresh bananas. You have to wait until they are, like, almost all the way brown or very, very brown. Yeah, that, um, that's
1: that's the key to. That is bread. the key
3: because you have to have them at a consistency that they're just gonna like mash. And also, the sugars are more developed when they've had a chance to sit around. Right, they're sweeter. Yeah, they're sweeter. So, um, yeah, that's the other key. Good point. So good. We're
6: going to fuck, 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 fuck the sodomite sodomites in the... Sodomite in the, sodomite in the-, in the-
4: it was so weird so Baxter like he's usually the he's usually the victim like Loki just attacks him out of the blue just at random right and uh, he usually makes those sounds and which he, one's ma- wait which one's making the sounds oh Baxter okay all the way he's a little bitch sometimes he runs a lot of the times he just runs away and Loki just chases after him and keeps pestering him because uh, Baxter just doesn't want to be fucked with eventually he's Baxter, alpha cat yeah, but he runs away, so that's not very alpha. I mean, it is, though. So. He's just like, dude, fuck he off. He doesn't want to waste his time, yeah. But then uh, there have been to- a lot of the times when I've been watching, Baxter, like, literally just says, fuck this, and he, like, stomps Loki. But Loki doesn't give up, and they just fight. Um, then last, Let night, them or- fight. last night or the night before... I heard him, I heard him making those sounds, but this time he literally, he was charging after Loki, but but he was making, still making those bitch ass sounds.
6: (laughs) I'm gonna get you!
4: And he, he, he went after Loki and he attacked Loki himself. I'm tired of your shit. (laughs) (laughs) But he was making those sounds, like, I was like, what is, what are you doing? God! (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, Baxter is just a, a strong, independent cat who wants to lay around and lick his asshole, which had a hole in it a while ago. Smelled, True story. Smelled really bad. True story. Uh, Loki doesn't need to fuck with him. When he's trying to lick his asshole. Like, like, you're describing this whole situation to me, and I just picture Baxter, like, Sitting on his ass, like licking his asshole, because I imagine that's what Baxter does. You're not Baxter, <laughs> and uh you know, Loki comes up
4: and's like, "Hey, no, Loki!" Literally just stop licking your asshole, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Baxter with a mouthful asshole is like, "No, Try <laughs> <laughs> to my asshole." And Loki's like I don't want you to have that mouthful of asshole. Like stop it. Stop licking your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Baxter Baxter's got more of a mouth of asshole at this point. He's like, no. <laughs>
4: Welcome to Podcastrophy Matt.
0: <laughs> Episode title, mouthful of asshole. <laughs> <coughs>
4: Yeah.
7: Get that asshole out your mouth right yeah.
0: now! Yeah. <laughs> like, goddamn it!
4: Like I told you, re- I told and that that title will appeal to the younger kids yes. too. Yes, it will. They're all about eating ass. Yeah, but they're not going to understand. They're not going to know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, ass eating. I can get. I can listen to this. More
0: butt, and butt stuff, right? And yeah, then, I'm and down then, with that.
4: And then they'll listen to this whole episode, get a lot of stuff talking about like actors and comedians diversifying, and then some like all that serious talk, and then. Whatever else we talked about for a while, and, the last, and then, the and then last a cat eat its own asshole.
0: <laughs> being a cat being oppressed while he's trying to eat his own asshole, like this is a social fucking movement here. Like cats should be free to eat their own assholes <laughs> on their time.
4: Okay, I'm taking that chair away from you. <laughs> I please, second don't. That movement. Please, please, please don't. Please <laughs> don't. I like no, it. I'm no. so comfortable.
0: Like good. I have never been this comfortable on good. a podcast before.
7: <laughs> I don't have any interesting topics to talk. I don't about. know what
0: else I have to say. Yeah, I'm good. Went on vacation. The weather was beautiful. You know, I've been trying to get Skylar to move for a decade, and within the first ten hours of li- of being there, she's like, "I want to move here." So, but of course, it's right when I get into an apprenticeship, and then the job market for my trade isn't very good down there, so still stuck in Indiana <laughs>
7: Thanks woman
0: <laughs> Thanks, woman but I can't complain because she told me without me asking that she wanted to move away from Indiana, so that's the first step that's that's a big first step. I'm never moving to states again ever. I don't, I don't know how, I don't, I mean, I understand, normally I would say, I don't know how you could leave and ever want to come back to this fucking hellhole, but you went to Chicago, which is worse than this hellhole. So, I get it, like, this is the lesser of two evils, for sure, but Indiana is one of the most depressing places in our nation for a reason. If I were to move,
7: it'd be down south, but I would have to be because of, of job of work like that'd be the only reason why I would move at this point so or like just
0: overall mental health like hey the weather's nicer today that's gonna actually make me happier like,
4: nah
7: fuck it
0: alright <laughs> like fuck science I guess like it's all a
7: joke anyway it's all theories there's no <laughs> such thing
6: oh
0: god
7: there's no such thing as scientific law oh god oh god there's theories.
0: We've had this conversation before, <laughs> and I agreed with it all. <laughs> but I also know, <laughs> but, I, but I also know, that cold weather makes people less happy psychologically. It's
4: not good for your mental health. The lack of sunlight too.
0: Yep, you need that
7: vitamin D. <laughs> you gonna get this vitamin D? <laughs> Think, yeah. You think that's what the sun does anytime it comes out? Go get this vitamin D, boy! <coughs> just like, oh, thanks. And he's like, say it with the damn chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: thanks. My,
0: that was, my was, wife just texts me and says, hey, Ruby has a splinter in her finger. I need your help when you get home.
7: Get some
5: fucking
0: like,
7: tweezers. <laughs> like put am, some, amputate. Put her finger in <laughs> yeah, some hot cut her, water. Cut her finger off.
4: It's done. It's done. Hot
7: yeah. water. Get some tweezers. There you go. Saved your life. You're welcome, kid. I never tried hot <laughs>
4: water. Yeah. I got a lot of splinters as a kid. <laughs> I was outside a lot more.
0: Did you also wear your helmet?
6: <laughs> no.
3: I, t-
0: I
7: touched a lot of
0: sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you built a lot of tree us outside. Yeah. And then, uh... I got
7: splinters from them.
0: My wife says I can't hold her down and get it out at the same time. Sit on her. And and stop reading our text on the podcast. Get the fuck out of my life, cow. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. If I, yeah. sit, if I sit in this recliner anymore, I'm going to fall asleep. There's Let me ask I'm you one question. High. Where would you move? Um... If I was going to move anywhere in the U.S., uh, three locations. So I'm either going to move uh, anywhere in the Gulf, excluding Florida. So Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, in that, the Gulf side of Texas, anywhere in that range. Because I've always said that. Texas is actually America and everyone else is pretending and I still agree or I still hold that opinion um, And then uh, if I had to stay more towards the heartland of the US, it would definitely be Tennessee. I've lived in Kentucky and Tennessee both. I thought I think you as long as you stay away from major metropolitan Kentucky um, as far as Louisville, Lexington, Memphis. Memphis. Well, Memphis is Tennessee. But, oh, yeah, no, Memphis. Um, as long as you stay away from Louisville and Lexington. Yeah. And you stay Louisville You probably. stay more more rural. Uh, Kentucky is not a bad place to live. Um, Tennessee. The nice thing about Tennessee is you go south. You're closer to the Gulf. You go east, like southeast, like Chattanooga. If you're in Chattanooga – You can be within, you can be in seven states in 30 minutes. So there's a point called Lookout Point in Chattanooga that when you're standing on it, you can see seven states from that place. So I think I've been there. Chattanooga is actually uh, one of the fastest growing tech hubs in the United States. Um, A lot of companies. You know, I'm just going to throw, like... uh,
7: Them in Houston.
0: Apple. Well, Houston is what it is for a lot of reasons. One, you don't pay any state income tax. So that's a big draw for a lot of companies. It's the fastest-growing city in the U.S., and it has been for over a decade at this point. Um, your, Your tax benefit in Houston is so much greater than... The tax detriment that you have from being located or being based out of California, so a lot of the companies that were uh, really strong in Silicon Valley have actually moved their headquarters to Houston. Uh, you know, because it's a major port. the The tax structure is really beneficial. Um, just the overall economy is better than California. Uh, maybe not as profitable, but it's not as expensive to live there. Yeah. Um, it's also not on fire. It's also not on fire. I mean, they do have hurricanes and fires. So you got you get a little bit of both. Um, but, yeah, so, like, if we were to pack up and move to Tennessee, if Tennessee was my only option, we'd probably end up in Knoxville. Uh, since it's a college town, it'd be a little bit closer to Lafayette, but still not miserable shithole like Lafayette is. Um and then if i had a third option it would be uh colorado montana wyoming not pacific northwest but northwest you know i wouldn't i wouldn't want to live in uh like washington because washington is quickly becoming what california is and that's not beneficial to anyone um oregon is great for a lot of reasons But it's also less than ideal for a lot of reasons as far as the stuff that I like to do. So they have a lot of really archaic uh, hunting regulations that, you know, much like not being able to buy alcohol in Indiana on Sunday for a hundred fucking years. It's a pretty dumb law, Mm -hmm. you know. They have a lot of the same kind of shit in Oregon. I mean, you can smoke pot there, but you you can't shoot a mechanical broadhead. Like, that's important to me because I'm a hunter, but... Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, if I can't choose, if I can't be by the ocean, I want to be by the mountains. Um, I'm tired of looking at fucking corn, man. Just tired of it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's miserable. There's nothing to do here. And if you look at like people would make the argument, well, you know, Wyoming and Montana have some of the smallish, the smallest, population counts in the united states yeah i definitely wouldn't disagree with that a bit but for an outdoorsman
4: it's beautiful up there. for
0: an outdoorsman like myself who i don't have a lot of opportunities here because it's so fucking expensive in comparison um i could have a pretty pretty uh bountiful life in wyoming or montana now i, I have to deal with the winners which is what I one of the things that I complain about here, um, but in Montana it's not zero degrees with ice and snow that that is now compounded because it was thirty degrees four hours ago and now it's zero. You know when it's fucking cold in Montana, which I've spent time in Montana in the winter time. There's a couple feet of snow and it's fucking cold, but it's not ice snow, ice snow, and then just fucking miserable for everybody. If it's bad, it's bad. You stay at
7: home. I think it's because probably the um, the lake effect snow, Mm -hmm. you know, we get from good old Michigan up there. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah,
0: and I mean, as much as we are prepared and equipped to handle large volumes of snow versus like uh, Houston. They got a small ice storm that rolled through. There was like.
7: It was a couple years ago. Atlanta had like an inch of snow and it shut down their interstate. Yeah. For like three there was, days. there was like yeah. an
0: eighth of an inch of snow and a little bit of ice in Houston a couple of years ago. And they pretty much shut everything going in or around Houston down.
4: They got to Austin too.
0: Yeah. Just because they don't have the equipment to handle it. And, You know, people don't take into account that maintaining a fleet of snow plows and all the the ice and snow maintenance equipment is expensive to maintain. And if you only have ice every fucking decade, like there's no need for it. It's pretty dumb to invest the money to buy that, you know, to put the capital forth to buy that and then maintain it.
8: The whole new math which everybody seems to hate and you know I, I i know parents that are refusing to do it the new math is the the idea of it is to make it more relatable to the kids so it's not just numbers there's a reason for the numbers and that's that's what they want that's what they want kids to take away from it is why are these numbers and why you know how do you group them and stuff like that and that's that's the idea of new math. I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm just saying that's 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 the idea behind it. And I understand the idea behind it. and it works for some kids. but uh, but anyway, so there's a lot more reading involved in the in the math problems. There's a lot of reading involved in social studies. There's a lot of reading involved in, you know every subject in school now. He's got to read his questions, he's got to read his tests. And if he is struggling with his reading, then he can't do those questions, you know. He can't answer those questions. He can't answer those math problems, and and there goes his other grades, you know. Um, so we decided to get him a tutor, uh, which, like I said, is one night a week. Which does it's it's an hour, one hour every week, and you would be amazed just that that small group, the small group forum that he does his his tutoring in, uh, has already brought his reading level up. Uh, so I, I don't know what the scale is called, but there's a, like a letter scale of, you know, in kindergarten, they read books that are A, B, and C level. And, and, you know, sec first grade is D E F. I, I don't know. I, and I, I'm throwing the letters out there at random. I don't know what the levels really are, but I do know uh, I had to sit down with his teacher, and she had told me that uh, his reading level is supposed to... By the end of the school year, he should be at a reading level uh, K or L. I want to say it was L. Um, and technically, he was supposed to have started the second grade at uh, an H, maybe? And when she had done his reading assessment, he was a couple letters behind that even. So he was like at an F or a G or something. Um, so he had gotten up to a good level by the end of last school year. But then over the summer, just it fell behind again. And he actually backed himself up. But just in the couple months that he's been working with the tutor, he's already gone up to, I think he was reading a, a level J book. Uh, at my house over the weekend and he did fine with it. You know, he's, so his confidence is getting better and he's, he's wanting to push himself into, a you know, more difficult books. And, and, uh, so if, if you've ever considered tutoring for your child, for whatever reason, uh, I, I can tell you firsthand, it's, it's, it's worked for us and, uh, I would recommend it. Um, the tutor he has is a, I, I think she, is a former school teacher or a substitute teacher or something um, that had worked with second grade classes before. So it, it worked out for us finding the right tutor that was familiar with the curriculum. And, um, and you know, my son's teacher emails his tutor about what they're working on in class so she can kind of tailor the tutoring sessions more towards what he actually needs to work on. So it's it's worked out really nice. Um, so I do recommend that, but, oh God, I got way off the track now. And I don't even remember where I left off wrestling, basketball, tutoring. It's a lot. He's got six days a week that he's got stuff going on. Um, so I think that's too much, uh, for an eight year old. That's too much, but he's enjoying it so far. Haven't seen any of his grades slipping yet. Um, going to keep an eye on that though. We'll, We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, the girls are not in any sports or anything for the winter, which, uh, part of me feels bad about that, but the other part of me is just incredibly thankful because it was chaos having football and soccer every week, uh, and, or, and then before that having baseball and t-ball and dance class, and, uh, it's, it's just too much. It's too much. And... Especially at at their age groups, and I don't know if this is uh, I don't know if this is all sports nowadays, I, and I don't know if this is all age groups nowadays. But it, the parents like sit and watch every practice for baseball, for football, especially the the football parents. It was like a club, you know. They all sat there and talked while they had football practice, and and then you know dance class the parents all sit at dance class and watch and what what happened to like when i was a kid i you know you have basketball practice okay drop you off at the gym i'll be back in an hour that would be kind of nice because then i could go home i could cook dinner i could do whatever but like all the other parents are sitting there watching practice and it's like i, I don't i don't want to be the only one you know I don't want. Well, he's such a bad parent because he doesn't sit and watch. But like, is it is this the definition of helicopter parenting? Is this what helicopter parenting is? Is when they have any kind of event, you just not event. I mean, the events, of course, you go and watch the events, the games, and the 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 dance recitals and stuff. But just practices, does is it necessary to sit and watch practice? I I sat and watched football practice because I I enjoyed seeing him develop. Uh you know it was something it was the first time he'd actually been excited about a game, you know we didn't have to talk him into it um and it was exciting for me, but uh you know by the end of the season, I didn't really it was it was getting too hard. I didn't want to sit at the practices anymore. I didn't have time for it anymore, but man, all those other parents just every single week they're there. I don't know. But yeah, the girls are not doing anything for the winter right now, which is nice. Um, uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. I I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, We actually had a very nice Thanksgiving. It was, we we got up in the morning and I realized, hey, we got the whole family here first thing in the morning. I'm going to make breakfast. Because I love making breakfast, I love sitting and eating breakfast as a family. It's I don't know what it is about breakfast specifically, but it's like it's my favorite meal to sit around the table and you know eat as a family. Um, so I made a bunch of pancakes. We call them Mark pancakes at my house, which is just a regular pancake recipe with a couple tablespoons of extra sugar in the batter because I like my pancakes sweet. Because I don't I don't like syrup on my pancakes. So I started making my pancake batter sweeter so the pancakes themselves would be sweeter and I wouldn't have to have syrup. And Mark apparently loves them that way, so we they've, they've become Mark pancakes. So we had Mark pancakes and I made a couple of eggs and we had some bacon and stuff and we sat around and had breakfast and then right after we finished breakfast I was like, "Oh shit, it's Thanksgiving." And now we just filled ourselves up for the Thanksgiving dinner that we had at my dad's house. Uh, so by the time we got to my dad's, I was able to, I was only able to eat a plate. And uh, here, here's, okay, here's something parenting related for Thanksgiving. Uh, what the hell do your kids eat on Thanksgiving? Because uh, my, uh, Mark only ate, I'm trying to think, he ate a slice of ham, he ate a couple of rolls, and that may have been it. That may have been it. And then Scarlett, uh, Scarlett usually eats a little bit of everything, so we got her a little bit of everything, and I feel like she took about five bites, and that was it. I got Livy a plate with a little bit of everything, but Livy was throwing a tantrum uh, pretty early on, actually. Right before we started getting our plates together for, for dinner, uh, she started throwing a tantrum, and she wouldn't come up and get anything on her plate, so I just made her a plate. And then she sat there for an hour on the couch pouting, and she wouldn't eat, so by the time she actually got to her food, it was cold, and... I mean she nibbled on it but I don't know. I I what what's so wrong with Thanksgiving dinner? Like what how could kids possibly not like just turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes? That's, that's that's the good stuff there, you know? It's not like it's something crazy that they need to be picky about. It's just turkey, you know? But uh what what do your kids eat on Thanksgiving? What what don't they eat? Are are, are you one of the parents, you, you you make your kid a plate. It's got one slice of turkey and like a a small dollop of plain mashed potatoes with no gravy. What what is, what is it? What do your kids do? Because I know not every kid eats the Thanksgiving stuff. I know it's not my, just my kids. Um, but yeah, maybe leave a comment on my Facebook. What, what do your kids eat for Thanksgiving? And if you have any pictures from your Thanksgiving, I want let's see some pictures of your families. Um. You know, nobody's sent me any pictures of their kids, and nobody sent me stories about their kids yet. I, I, I really would like to hear that stuff. I'm not just like, I'm not. This isn't just something I'm saying. Oh, you know, oh, this is about families. I want to hear. No, I really want to hear about your families. And I, if you have good stories, I'd, I'd like to tell other people's stories or, or, you know, uh, show off your pictures on my Facebook page, please. I, I, it's. I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be fun for me to see. It'd be fun for other people to see. But. uh and then we go to every night, every Thanksgiving uh, after we're done eating dinner at my dad's, we go to my mom's house and have dessert there. And yeah, it was a good time. The kids all had a good time. It was fun all around. Good holiday. Um, and this uh, actually, this is kind of what made me want to do this uh, divorce episode. Actually, since we're talking about Thanksgiving, we'll roll it right into the topic of the episode because uh, the holiday schedule is one of the up to this point, has been a very uh, contentious uh, subject with me and my ex. Um, So, uh, I guess just to dive right in, um, when we got our divorce finalized, and actually before we even got it finalized, uh, after our preliminary hearing, um, our custody arrangement was what they call the Indiana Parenting Time Guidelines Minimum, which in the state of Indiana, I'm sure there's one for every state, but in the state of Indiana specifically, it spells out, you know, the custodial parent, which uh, custodial parent refers to the parent that uh, the kids primarily live with who is primarily responsible for them on a day-to-day basis. That's the custodial parent. Um, and the non-custodial parent would, in this case, be me, um, because they live with my ex. Um, in Ashley's case, uh, Ashley is the custodial parent for Scarlett, and her ex is the non-custodial, which uh, I I want to say in majority of cases it is the, the mother is the custodial and the father is the non-custodial, but I have seen it the other way around too. So I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. Um, I just feel like it's a little more rare. Um, especially in, in, you know, a traditional conservative state like Indiana, it's, it's, it's more, you know, they always lean a lot more on, Oh, well, it's more important for the mother to be with the kids. And, you know, that's not always true. Sometimes it, it, it goes the other way. Actually, we, uh, Ashley and I are friends with a couple that, uh, the, the, I'm not going to name names or anything, and I'm not going to give their specific situation, but, um, our friend just married her boyfriend and they just received custody of his son, uh, through, you know, there was a a whole legal circumstance it was the reason why he was able to get custody and it was very much deserved like I, they it needed to happen it's a it was a very good thing that it happened uh cuz the the boy is in a much better household now um having a much more normal upbringing let's just we'll, we'll leave it at that cuz i don't i don't want to call anybody's business out uh without their permission <laughs> so um anyway so I am the non-custodial parent in in this case. Um, and under Indiana Parenting Time Guidelines, uh, that means that I receive every other weekend, uh, they come and stay at my house, which uh, starting tonight actually is my weekend. Um, they stay at my house Friday night. It's supposed to be from 6 o'clock Friday night till 6 o'clock Sunday night. That's the legal definition of it. But, you know... The the times are subject to change. the the they we we change the times. You know, my ex works until like four thirty every night. So for her to come home and want to spend an hour with the kids is, I, I mean, sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes I'll I'll be working late or something. But most of the time, she just says, "Hey, if you want to get them right after school, that's fine." And then they'll go back to her house. You know, since she lets me have them a little bit early, I'll I'll let her pick them up you know, at five o'clock or something on Sunday instead of six o'clock. We usually try to work around each other's schedules in that regard.
6: It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Black Nuggets, Black Friday.
7: Oh, now I get it wow (laughs) (laughs) oh wow
6: you're so clever 450 you're so clever
7: but yeah that that beer tasting and sharing event they had down there was from 930 to 11 and it continued on even while people were in line buying their allotments or however much they were wanting to get of the release and uh, I had so many good beers like I wasn't even thinking about taking pictures of the bottles or anything, so I'm just drinking so many, just, so fast, just drinking fast. I only I stopped to take a picture of one that uh, I'll actually pull it up real quick so I can see it and tell you what it is because it tasted like a Rolo. Oh, I do remember that one. What it up, was Evan? The, uh,
6: Evan, welcome. Evan was there on Friday. We got a nice little, it's a
7: Stillwater a little bro pic. What are we sipping on tonight, my friends? We How did just- you say this, Dongo? Dougus? Um, Coco Keiko. It's a Stillwater Artisan. Do,
4: do you guess? Do, do you just.
7: Do you G G E S? It was fucking delicious. It's a Coco Keiko Imperial Chocolate Stout brewed with Keiko, Coconut, and Vanilla. And oh my lord, it was so good.
4: Is it Keiko or Cacao?
6: <laughs>
7: Cacao! <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> like
6: that? Uh We got a couple Some more people thing. joining yeah. us. Thank you guys. Uh, we are for those just <laughs> tuning in. 450 North Brewing Company in Columbus, Indiana had a four, had a Black Friday uh, release. They had five different beers, and we snagged them, so we're drinking them. We got uh,
7: on that shit. The first
6: beer we drank was from Bear Hands. It was a beer that was. Uh, uh, someone showed up last minute and just kind of put out a bunch of bare hands, so we snagged uh, a can of that. Now we're on the blackberry jam slushy, but we are easily powering through it because it's fucking delicious. Twice. So uh, I think we're getting ready to go to the black nuggets, which is a reference to what I believe is Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> they've got themselves, some, they've got themselves into some murky waters before. But, I don't know they're just, you know. Giving us a gut punch. I'm not terribly sure. No. You are nuggets. I don't know. Maybe if
7: I knew the uh, color of some of these hops they used, it would be a better reference. But I don't. I mm. don't know. Mm-mm-mm. We might want to wash our glasses out for this one, though. Yes.
6: Um. I vote. I vote. Austin
7: take care of it. I vote Dongo take care of it because he's less people to walk over for me. Mm. I mean, it, looks like we are gummed up at the gears here, folks. <laughs> we are not
6: going to be able to continue the show. <laughs> oh. All Since right. He, um, he's failing
7: on his social media side, even <laughs> though he is a podcasting fool. I so. can only
4: say I, it only shows up who's friends with mine that are watching, hmm. not everyone. So yeah. I'm doing what I can. So sorry. I'm no good, and here uh, comes Jess Wadley thanks. to the Thank rescue. you, Jess. oh, she's so sweet.
6: she is we were done for her <laughs> <laughs> we were we're stop we, we, <laughs> were, we were just gonna be like, nope, done, there's, there's no way we're drinking these. <laughs> She's like those big fucking babies. <laughs> this
4: podcast is gonna go forever. And, and, and and I certainly wasn't done gonna beers. be the one to say. Yeah.
7: <laughs> I, I certainly wasn't gonna be the one to go. Sarah, you do it. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I was
4: gonna volunteer if we had to stop. Just I mean,
7: longingly
6: looking at the beers. <laughs> just.
7: <laughs> I
6: love you, undrank
4: beauties. This could have easily been a great Baby, extra life back. show. <laughs> just us staring at beers.
7: Just staring it down. Who's Maybe gonna we'll win do this?
4: That. I mean, we, we should
6: do. You know what was it? Uh, um, the guy who plays Ron Swanson.
4: Oh, uh, Nick Offerman. Do
6: you remember when, they, when he sat in front of the fireplace just sipping on scotch? Yeah, and it was. Uh, it was like a ten-hour loop. <laughs> it showed different angles, but it's just him sitting there, he doesn't say a word, yeah. he's just sipping. <laughs> we totally do a Bruise with Dudes where we spend a whole hour just, just sipping. sitting in front of our drinking, not saying a word about it. Anything with like Nick
7: that Offerman
4: idea. is just it's a
7: great
6: idea. <sighs> he doesn't seem to be playing a character like when you watch oh, all his different you. stuff. No. It's just,
4: Very rarely.
6: That's his thing.
4: Very rarely does he you know, play a character. Shout out to
6: Jess for yeah. cleaning those glasses for us. We're taking it easy tonight, guys. We're cozy, She's a We're cozy on the couch. We don't want to move. <laughs> Just want to enjoy one another's company. Look at Evan's comments sitting down there on the Facebook Live. Yeah, he says
4: that black nuggets is so smooth and soft. Mm.
6: I like the way you describe things, Evan. Smooth
4: yes. and soft.
6: I am excited to drink this. Excited? I'm up. Is that the word? Assad. Oh, that video popped up! Again. I can't believe that
4: like, I had never. I mean, I have seen the video in the feed, but I never watched it. Yeah. So I was like, I I'm gonna watch it. I'm it's gonna so watch good.
6: It. That is the perfect video of it.
4: And that video made me realize just how bad everyone else's impressions of it are. Uh, my impression of it is
6: just fine. Yeah, I was. I wasn't saying at this point. <laughs> it's a yeah. part of my of my, but no, of my thing. A it is, lot uh, of the impressions I've heard of it. The
7: only Man. way to answer a phone anymore a saw dude Uh, dude.
6: and the face makes more sense (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness alright well we are here we are ready for the black nuggets what makes it black let's find out (laughs) it is a triple IPA Vic Secret Amarillo and Mosaic I'm not following why they called it what they did except for the fact it was a black friday it was a black friday I was hoping it was like a black eye. It's also or a oh, what is it? It uh, triple. It's so juicy. Uh, there you go. If you can't see it, here's a it's, closer it,
7: look. It's a black label, so. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Gotcha. Nailed it. Haven't done that in a minute. What, finger gun? <laughs> oh, no,
6: throwing the can. The finger gun? <laughs> yeah, we haven't finger gunned in <laughs> a minute. Cheers. 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 Yee-ee.
5: ee mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
8: Mm. Juicy. It
5: mm. Mm. Oh, was pretty good.
4: It's got that classic juicy feel and taste, with a little extra. It's
7: mm. juicy. It's. <laughs> <laughs> you might even help me translate this? It's... <laughs> <laughs> Come again? <laughs> it's it's
6: uh, pretty pretty. Pretty all right. That's what he's trying to say, folks. Hard to see. For, for, you, uh, for you watching the for, live. <laughs> yeah, even for people watching the live, they're, they're like, like, what the fuck is he We doing? are off the rails. What is going on over here? Is he drunk already? What the fuck? It's been a long day. It's been
7: a gloomy day. I know yeah. he looks like my favorite GTA character, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, man.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep that's true you do some <laughs> yes yes <I> mean, <laughs> yes
7: but if i start sending you on quest and being really fucking <laughs> mean about it you got, you, then you can start questioning me and then i'll backhand you and you just better do what you're fucking told
6: i hope you're okay <laughs> you still got impeccable taste in t-shirts though yeah. Uh, that, that's one thing I haven't lost yet I haven't quite gotten to the uh... <laughs> Did you know That right now On the dot com You can get the Bruce with Dudes t-shirt 25% off What? Whoa <laughs> Pick yours up now That was a good segue Fist bump Nailed it guys Nailed it That sounded great in the headphones too guys <laughs> That was sweet That was, that was good I'll It was forget. That was all right, I'm not quite a, quite as good at doing it as uh, Ben Shapiro is. Um, delving into the dark side, I've watched a couple of his videos, and he is just—he's talking, and then goes, "And by the way, did you know that?" And he's just in it; he's in the cell. He's like, it's like you know, "I want to buy life insurance now." <laughs> like, yeah. I thought we were talking about one thing, and and then you just—you just. You just uh, sold. I,
7: I've have caught that with the uh, the ESPN. Uh guys uh mike and mike in the morning they're just able to just like they're they'll be talking and then and then they'll just be like boom right there into the ad <laughs> and then they'll, they'll kind of like talk about it a little bit like they're like oh shit man that sounds great and then they go right back into what they're talking about like whatever sport it was you're like, and you're like
6: did i just get like, like
7: in real life like did, did did they just put a submissive message with their voice right. <laughs> what did i just watch
6: a oh enough. It was Maniac. On Subliminal? <laughs> Subliminal? Well, you're going to be submissive to whatever product they're going to sell you. You're going to be like, yeah, buying it. You told me to. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, sorry. Dad. I'm sorry. That, that slipped past our censors. I, I love a good chance to correct Austin's speech. I think I'll just kind of let that one go. <laughs> I don't uh, think you heard it right.
7: You're welcome. No, I, I knew what you meant. And I just kind <laughs> let let of let it go. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's actually uh, one of the few times I didn't do it on purpose. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was Just <laughs> the <just a> flop. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, <laughs>
6: dang. And that is how the advertisement gets the best of you folks. We don't even know where we're at anymore. We were flowing. It's great. Off the track. This, is another this beer, one
4: though. Of those, this is another one of those beers I just can't stop smelling. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's got a great aroma.
7: What are you doing over there, Sarah, it's setting furry. down your beer like that?
3: I know. It's good though. It's good. good. Very
8: good. Mm. good.
4: <laughs> Stop it! Very
8: good. So it's good.
7: <laughs> Stop. It's so good. Mm.
6: I'm really digging. Like in my head, I can almost see the Bruise with Dude's logo right there on the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I know it's there. You know, just take a look. You just, yeah. In, in my head, it's just, it's right there. I can see it. It's just floating right there. Hope y'all enjoy that. It took me two months to figure out <laughs> how to make this <laughs> thing float.
7: This thing right here. Do you see it? We're, there's probably, in, a, in another two months, we're going to have another amazing feature that we can add to this too. We're working on it slowly but surely. Maybe but surely. I had,
6: I had a. Uh, what, 4D? Uh, Come again. 4 <laughs> 4D. <Boy. laughs>
4: We're, We're figure... tasting it and it just splashes with beer on mm. people's face. I like that idea. That we can get yeah,
7: have some little extra effects. Aroma vision. Mm. Guess some I think, picture in picture. Was... I think
4: aroma
6: vision would be like perfect for this. It would be. To maybe maybe some bubbles? Beer. I don't think that that's on <laughs> anyone's priority list technology wise.
4: <laughs> it's not on mine. <laughs>
7: I don't think I want
6: anybody to smell my podcast.
7: Maybe (laughs) maybe in the soon...
6: (laughs) (laughs) Right, like there is just an infinite amount of room for abuse. Like someone's like, smell this, and you're like... It's a fart. <laughs>
3: you were sending me a fucking fart. You put it into your phone, and now I'm going to have to smell. And you're like, no, no, dog. No, dog. I was,
6: just up at the, I was just up at the pub, and I just tried this new beer. Dude, that's I in this, the sandwich shop, and you just, just... And then you open it, and then... It's, boom! It's a fart. 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 It's going to be a fart. I know it is. What up, Zibby? Zibby! Zeldon! He says, hi again. This is the second time we've talked during a live video today. Awesome. Did you see my other rogue?
7: Yeah, the rogue video? Bruiser dudes one. Yeah, I saw that.
6: I, I liked it too. I had. Uh, I went ahead and clicked that like. Like the whole time I was setting it up, I'm like, I don't even want to. I don't want to do this, <laughs> but I need to do this because I've got so much shit to get rid of. So go to the Doom Room and pick up some stuff today. 25% off your whole order, um, including the Bruiser dudes T-shirts. Um, we're gonna order more T-shirts. We're gonna get green shirts with the oh, pizza shit. man. Where are gonna get the Pizza Man T-shirts. You gonna get the Pizza Man?
4: Are you gonna wait until St. Patty's Day for the green shirts, or no? We're gonna. Now? It's gonna
6: be the awards show in January that will happen. Okay. Or get maybe them on the TolTex and everything. A, a special edition. No more Jilden heavy cotton bullshit. We're
7: moving on. Get a special edition I... Bruise with Dude St. Patty's Day T-shirt.
6: Ooh, we Ooh. should do a big Bruise with
7: Dude's party for St. Patty's Day because we like to party and we like Bruise and we're Dude, <laughs> so. It adds up. It does. The math is there. I get it. <laughs> Here we math. <laughs>
6: Two. All right. Yeah, oh. it it
7: fucking works, <laughs> dude. Dude. All right. What do we got left? We got uh, the strawberry blueberry. Let's do that. Let's do that Slash. milkshake. Let's do the milkshake. Oh hell. Oh, yeah. 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 Fresh fruit raspberry milkshake. Mm.
6: That's what I'm thinking.
4: I was iffy on this one. I want to see it. I want to taste it.
6: I want it near my face. Yeah. And then I want it in my face. Then you want it in your mouth. Is that part of it? Then I want it up on my on my arm. And then in my beard. And then Brew, in my hair.
4: thats with dudettes, Zibby
6: says. <laughs> uh, there is a spinoff show on the Journey into Comics Network called Bruise with Babes. Um, I've not been invited to be on
3: it yet. Aww. To
4: be fair, it hasn't happened. Oh.
3: <laughs> oh. Well, there Not you go. You still, you still have a chance then. Besides, you still have a chance. It's <laughs> the April Fool's week,
4: I don't think it's happened since then.
6: Oh Well, I wonder if we're going to do that again. That was fun. It, you and I did uh, Journey to Comics, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, we
4: did. Oh, we and
6: did. It, that was fun. You, you
4: weren't there. Yeah, it
6: was. No. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: That, that episode. It, it was pretty obvious I was it there. Was, yeah, it was totally you. Yeah. Sorry, um, I was just trying to protect your character. We you totally playing. need to do so more
6: character, character episodes.
7: Everybody knew it was me immediately. Like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> character
4: episodes. It was completely. I awful. had my mic off for
7: all of that. <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn it,
6: Austin. <laughs> How much?
7: No, just for that oh, quick that conversation. Little, okay. The is here. Do I have everybody's attention now?
2: feel like we're almost at a tipping point here folks and this is something i want to bring up out of this thing i feel like the women's pro wrestling division within the wwe almost needs its own brand like wwe evo for evolution evo and then have that be all women's wrestling and make amazing matches and then you can really flesh your stories out and give these ladies the time and give them an opportunity and sure it can be a one-hour show before raw or a two-hour show before raw or hell do a one-hour show before raw a one-hour show before smackdown that's all of them that you put into a two-hour program that you run exclusively on the fucking network people are in people are buying in because of who's on that and oh it's like well you don't you don't want to limit them. You could have them do regular matches on Raw and SmackDown too. You could have them weave in and out, do almost 205 live styled things as well, you know. But I think that Ronda moving to SmackDown is interesting. I don't know how you do it. Would you take the Raw title off her? Would you force it? Would you be like some sort of uh, blockbuster deal, random shakeup where Ronda and Becky switch sides, so they technically have to switch titles, but they neither of them were beat. And it's like, well, look, I mean, they had the same value, essentially, because they were introduced at the same time. One represents Raw, one represents SmackDown, you're the best of your fucking brand. So you're just switching your color, essentially, red to blue, blue to red. And I, I just, I don't know, I don't know how they would do this, I guess. But they want to do that. It's possible for them to do that. Will the brand split continue into 2019? Who knows? I'm not sure. We've got some more Ronda Rousey news here. I want to make sure I find it before I say that. And, of course, I fucking open my mouth too fast because I'm going to lose it. Okay, so here's some interesting stuff. Ronda Rousey appeared on Monday Night Raw to confront Nia Jax this week ahead of the TLC pay-per-view. But a lot of fans were kind of more paying attention to Ronda's red eyes that looked bloodshot and her jawline looked kind of green, like she had been bruised. Um, so, one Twitter fan wrote, Dear Ronda Rousey, please fire your makeup artist. Thought your eyes were bleeding at first. Thank you. Why does Ronda wear the weirdest looking makeup? Another wrote. All comments on her abilities and the ringer on the mic aside, who the hell does Ronda Rousey's makeup? Another fan asked. She's freaking green, people, and unless you want to look like a zombie, you never wear red eyeliner. Whoever keeps doing Ronda Rousey's eye makeup needs to be fired immediately. One fan even said... The green marks on Ronda's face weren't from makeup. They were bruises. Those are bruises from the kendo stick. So they point out that they're bruises from the kendo stick back to what we had happen at the Survivor Series. And, man, it, it definitely uh, it definitely shows that she had some bruises that they had to cover up. Uh, poor Ronda Rousey. But she's tough as fucking nails, y'all. You, gotta, you have to give her some props uh, now. Charlotte Flair posted a photo uh, on Twitter from Survivor Series. And I forgot to mention that during Survivor Series, she put uh, uh, Charlotte put Rhonda's head uh, in between a chair and then stomped it and, like, you know, crushed her throat or whatever. And Charlotte posted the photo and then put a little asterisk and says missing from photo at. Uh, Queen of Spades, Charlotte Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir, which is the other three horsewomen. So Shafir was quick to respond, posting, Dis bitch, okay, okay, missing entirely from photo, Charlotte's flair ability to beat Ronda Rousey without multiple weapons. Elsewhere, Lynch continued her social media feud with Rousey. The two originally booked for a champion versus champion match at Survivor Series, but Lynch had to be pulled from the event, With a concussion and a broken facial bone. I've never seen a judo master get so easily thrown, Ronnie. Lynch tweeted on Sunday. I'm convinced you let one of your turkeys at the ranch peck these replies out. Which one of them wrote this one, Sonya? Uh, Mentioning the NXT Women Champion promoted a... Oh, 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 Shayna, Shayna, Sonya. She said, which one of them wrote this one, Shayna? Mentioned in the NXT Women Champion, promoted a response from Baszler. Shayna Baszler says, Don't try to name drop me in this attention grab. I'm too busy holding down the division. You couldn't. Shayna two time hashtag. And the man, Becky Lynch, you know, had tweeted before that. So uh, Lynch, who has made a sport on a blast to people on Twitter, was quick to retort, saying, The only thing that bonds you, Ronnie, and I want to say, Mary and Jessica. Is you all ran from another sport that beat you? So make no mistake, if I choose to drop anything, it will be you, not your name. By the way, give me your best, give my best to your leader and her hurdy mouth. I'm stronger every day. Is she Basil wrote back, I never ran, I got sick of seeing you river dance and decided to come change pro wrestling. You don't learn to drop people by being dropped, homie. Besides. You got bigger sharks to worry about. I don't care about you. Move along. Dang. I mean, Four Horsewomen feud going on. I love it. It's uh, interesting and professional wrestling. It gets fun when shit like this goes down, you know? Uh, Also, Becky getting getting a little bit under the skin of Ronda also tweeting a video of the crowd chanting Becky's name during an appearance from Ronda Rousey, and Becky saying, Hey, Ronnie, does this give you meanest envy? Meanest. <laughs> that is funny. I said meanest. <laughs> meanest envy. That's the episode title, folks. See, that's how sometimes shit goes happening. ness okay, that's cool, okay, anyways, so, uh, let's move on here, we've got some more WWE stuff, I already told you guys that uh, Xavier's pretty pissed off that they keep uh, saying that he, uh, that Raw swept SmackDown at Survivor Series, it didn't happen, uh, you know, obviously, Xavier just really going hard at at the WWE and just calling them out, But anyways, we got uh I'm gonna look I just got a bunch of news articles now po- posted up, folks, so I'm trying to decide where I want to go now. Oh man, uh I'm gonna keep going on to some WWE shit and then we'll get done with it. Okay, so some um I was talking about Becky Lynch and Charlotte. They're having a match uh at TLC, which we're gonna get into in a little bit, but Asuka has joined them in that match, uh winning a match. Uh, which was the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, another They did another battle royal to determine who was going to go into the match, and it ended up being Asuka. So that's pretty cool. We've got AJ Styles throwing shade at Lesnar, talking about how he night in and night out and defended the title. Uh, interesting that Kyrie Sane has hand, foot, and mouth disease. She says, the fever has gone down, but now my hands, feet, and mouth have a mysterious eczema. Uh, ouch, you go to the hospital with it, even if the United States hand, foot, and mouth disease is disease. The infants under five-year-olds have been examined. Why did this virus enter my body by mistake? So she got this like weird hand, foot, and mouth disease. A lot of toddlers do get it. Uh, so that sucks for Kyrie Sane, the former NXT Women's Champion. Hopefully she recovers soon and gets back in there and hopefully wins that title and if not hopefully she gets called up soon cuz i'm ready to see her on the main roster. Kyrie Sain's dope. Uh da, 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 da. what do we want to go to now? Uh let's talk about how people are just making fun of uh Bobby Lashley. Uh, essentially saying that he looked into some stuff on 4chan to come up with the term beta male, which is something he's been throwing around. I don't really like Bobby Lashley. I don't really want to cover him. I'm done talking about Bobby Lashley. Fuck you, Lashley. Get out of my fucking life, you dick. That's what I want to say. Let's talk about... You know what, let's talk about this, because Seth Rollins, uh, you know, WWE had reportedly had plans for Elias to win the Intercontinental title a few weeks back. Elias is currently receiving a babyface push on Raw with a slow build, but it sounds like WWE was really about to push him through the red brand roof. Uh, He was set to win the title from Seth Rollins when they turned Dean Ambrose heel last month. There's no yet word on why the title change was next. Now Elias is feuding with Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and General-Elect Uh, general manager-elect Baron Corbin. Rollins will defend his title against Ambrose at TLC. We talked about that. But it's rumored that the push for Elias will continue into the WrestleMania 35 season. Uh, So, interesting. I would love to see Elias win the title. Modern-day honky-tonk, man. He is a phenomenal athlete. I think he does a great job getting over. He does a great job of getting people into the product and uh, is really a bit simple. If you're great, you can be simple, and people will love it. And all he has to say is, what does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. What does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias, and people are fucking freaking the fuck out. So it's great. You know? Uh, I love uh, Elias as a professional wrestler, and Excited to see what they what they do with him upcoming next. Uh, I think that he does have a long-term uh, stay in the WWE. Uh, as long as he keeps himself clean and doesn't do anything stupid to get himself in trouble, I think he has a long-tenured career as a modern-day honky-tonk man. Roman Reigns, you guys know that we've obviously been talking about him. He has been absent since he made the announcement that he has leukemia again, so he's been kind of you know, with his family and recovering and getting his shit right. And, uh, he just, uh, appeared on a Georgia Tech football tweet that where he just said, I'm the real big dog here to hell with Georgia, baby. However, uh, Georgia Tech lost that game to Georgia 45 to 21. And, uh, it was good. It's good to see Roman out, like just kind of living life and getting to enjoy it, and not being on the road and not on the grind. You know, to be to be a dude that's doing it night in and night out, and then have the uh, the leukemia thing come back it's just like fuck. You want to just kind of like spend time living because you don't know. You know, it's like sure you you want to get healthy and get right, but you don't know what's coming. So you gotta fucking you fucking cherish everything and go see football games and shit. So it's cool to see him out there, man. Uh, let's jump over, okay, that can actually go with this, that can go with that, we're gonna just kind of shift some stuff here, I'm just trying to kind of like adjust my fucking little it's here, so we got a couple of upcoming cards to discuss, some things happened, Braun Strowman's injured, he had a surgery, he's okay though, uh, he, under, he underwent a successful elbow surgery at Andrew Sports Medicine in Birmingham, Alabama. They didn't. We didn't. There were no additional details, but Baron Corbin versus Strowman is still on for the pay per view uh, at TLC December sixteenth. Uh, however, it seems Strowman might not be cleared in time for that match, so we're unsure. It also seems that uh, Strowman will be challenging Lesnar for the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble on January twenty seventh. Interesting. Hopefully, he fucking wins it. That would be huge. Uh, if not that, maybe he finds his way into the Rumble and then wins that too and then still gets the title opportunity. I don't know, that'd be interesting. Uh, I will say Jeff Hardy is going to have a feud with Samoa Joe. That's going to be fantastic. Samoa Joe, though, man, he comes out during the 20th anniversary celebration of Jeff Hardy um, on this past week's SmackDown, and he just like dug in, man, and started talking about like his addiction and shit, like, made it super real. It was... I was like, "Oh my god, is he going to bring up the TNA thing with Sting? Like is that coming? Is he going to drop that bombshell also?" He did not, spoiler alert, he did not. But it was just uh it was just interesting to see how far Samoa Joe was allowed to push it, you know? Uh that's going to go there as well. Again, still moving some things around. Those two things correlate. Um this can go there cuz that's going to kind of correlate Uh, one thing I do want to mention back when we were talking about AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, who are going to have a match at TLC, uh, AJ Styles dropped his WWE championship to DB. It seems like that's because of the contract negotiations going on between AJ and WWE essentially coming down to the fact AJ said he only had a couple years when he came back or when he came into the WWE. He said he only had a couple years. He wanted to do this full time. He wanted to do a lighter schedule, and now it's time for him to think about doing a lighter schedule. And guess what? As the champ, you can't have a lighter schedule. They gave him a very, very respectable 300-plus-day title reign.